0: Have you ever looked around your business and thought to yourself, is this it? Are you making money, but yet you want more? Or maybe you have ideas in your head, but you're just not sure how to develop them into a revenue stream. Welcome to the Caged Vision podcast with Carrie Rohn and Lisa Beck, where we help you unlock your business potential and scale your business beyond trading time for money. Each week, You'll hear ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the Caged Vision Podcast. And Lisa Beck, what are we talking about this week?
1: We are talking about being stuck in the middle, the awkward middle.
0: Yeah, it's weird. How does this relate to business? Because we're on a business podcast, right? We're talking about building businesses. Yes. And now we're talking about being stuck in the middle. I mean, people could probably quickly go to, oh, you're talking about my business being stuck in the middle. But
1: what does that mean? Mm, It's your business, but it's you personally. So you make a decision that you're going to move forward. You're going to build a new business model or a new revenue stream or just moving forward with a project. And then all of a sudden you're stuck.
0: Yeah, we've been talking a lot about getting started. Yes. We've been preaching a lot about it. So we thought we'd go to the next step, which is the middle.
1: Yes. So once you start and you lose that initial high energy enthusiasm of, oh my gosh, we're really doing this, and then all of a sudden you feel like... You have your nose to the grindstone and you're not seeing any progress. You know, that's sort of a sign that you are stuck in the middle. You're in the middle. You're in the middle.
0: It's a lonely place to be, right?
1: Oh, it can yes. Be. It, it can, can be because that's when you start telling yourself, I can't catch a break things begin to happen. You start to listen to your critics, which that always gets to me when people start naan and making comments. And it's that old adage, you know, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. But sometimes well-meaning friends and business acquaintances don't listen to or, that. Or not so
0: well-meaning,
1: right? Definitively not so well-meaning. So we're well-meaning. talking about
0: being in the middle. So you built up the courage, you started. And you're fired up and you go and you blast out of the gates and you're charging towards something. And then you find yourself in this lonely spot. I think you just ran through them, but you didn't state what they were. So Lisa, go back over the signs. Signs. You may be in the middle.
1: The signs that you may be in the middle if it's like a
0: Jeff Foxworthy episode. That's exactly isn't it? what I was That's thinking you when of? you
1: started down that path. You might be in the middle if. You feel like you have your nose to the grindstone and you're not seeing any progress. You're just churning. Just churning away. You just
0: wake up each day and you're just grinding it out. And that can be exhausting. I would say it is definitively exhausting. Because you've lost sight of what could be and you just say, I have to do this. And you just focus on what it is that I have to do today. Go to bed, wake up, repeat. Ah, I've been there. It's a miserable spot to be
1: Also, you might be in the middle if you keep telling yourself, I can't catch a break. Oh,
0: yeah. I've been there, too, with my hand on my forehead.
1: Did you take to the bed, as they say in the South?
0: No, I did not take to the bed, but I did lay my head on the desk and just (laughs) like, oh, my gosh, nothing will go
1: my way. And then the third sign that you might be stuck in the middle Is if you start to listen to your critics. Ah,
0: uh uh-huh. Because you're grinding it out and you don't have that positive influence. And so you hear the chirping in the background. I know that you've experienced this because I know I have, right? And signs that someone might be a critic is when they come up and say, so how's it going? Tell me
1: about whatever. And they don't really care. They're fishing for gossip. Especially when you've started something new And they don't understand it. They They don't have the courage to do it themselves. Exactly. They certainly aren't trying anything new, but they're quick to judge you for trying something new.
0: And so you have options. Option number one, throat punch them.
1: I would say that's really not a good option. But it is one. It is an option, a poor option. Perhaps you should come up with another option. Option number two,
0: surround yourself with positive people.
1: And not just positive people. I would say surround yourself with positivity, whether that's books or podcast or music. I think it's a lot of different things. But the thing about the throat punch
0: is it's instant gratification, especially if you hit them in the juggler.
1: I'm beginning to be concerned. <laughs> I just have about someone in my head that I'm Anger issues over. I, with I you. I should have a punch,
0: but I didn't. I went towards positivity.
1: Good for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, wow. I think if you look at how people have achieved what you want to achieve and then reverse engineer, what did they do? Who did they read? What did they listen to? What's the story about Matthew McConaughey and the reporter? Okay, so it
0: goes. He's driving down the road. And he's listening to something, some positive message from something. There's a reporter in the car and they were doing an interview, and the reporter is like he said something to the effect of you don't actually believe that stuff. And he's Kurr. think he was driving a Lincoln? Oh goodness. Maybe. Well, we're
1: just gonna say maybe he was driving a Lincoln. Okay. But I'm sorry, but just a little squirrel moment here. I just don't think Matthew McConaughey looks good in a Lincoln. I'm sorry. And I know this is a terrible thing to say. What about in a black
0: tux with his hair slicked back? And he's talking to himself. That's weird.
1: It is weird. I mean, I personally think Matthew McConaughey's pretty cute, but in a black tux and a Lincoln, talking car, to yourself? It turns
0: into creepy real quick. Well, but yes. anyway, anyway we've digress. so he pulls over in his Lincoln and his black tux with his hair slicked back, and he says, get out. Get out of my car. And the retort's like, what, what are you talking about, man? He said, I don't take negativity. Get out of my light. And the guy's like, no, I'm sorry. Ugh. And he said, okay, that was your last warning. And I hope he said, next time I'm not even slowing down. This, <laughs> this Lincoln comes with the eject button. And it just shoots you straight out the roof. <laughs> yeah, so Matt, he's a cool dude when he's not driving a Lincoln. So if he can do it, own up. Go and take it. Surround yourself with positivity because that guy's pretty confident. He's achieved a lot and he makes it a habit. Feed himself with positivity. Don't listen to the negativity. It's not only surround yourself with positivity. But eliminate immediately negativity, right?
1: Which means there may be things that you don't listen to or things that you don't read or people that you don't hang out with for a little while, just so that you can make sure you're injecting positive energy into your world and not listening to the critics So the you're naysayers. nice. You say for a little
0: while. I say just get rid of them. Why do you need them in your life? Or maybe give them one more chance and then you're done. I'm done with you. I got no room for that. Do you?
1: No, I don't have any room for that either. But remember last week we were talking about how when people start something, like when Richard Branson started something, people looked at Richard Branson and said, you're crazy for doing yeah. this, right? It'll never work. And then it became successful and people were like, going, oh yeah, this is a great idea. This is wonderful. Yeah. I think the same sort of holds true when we start something new. Okay, no, so do you think Richard Branson's
0: inviting those people to his
1: island? No. No, they're not, no they're not getting invitations. They're not getting invitation. They're not going kite island. sailing
0: with him. No mm-hmm.
1: way. They're not. That's probably very true. But it doesn't mean you cut them out from your life. I would. Yeah, you would. That's very true. You would. But I don't have many friends. Well, no, You know, that's true also. We're, <laughs> we need to work on that. <laughs> or not. I don't know. I'm happy with the number of friends that I have.
0: They are both really <laughs> solid people. And one's my wife. <laughs> anyway. Do we have another point? Yes, we do.
1: Remember that being stuck in the middle is temporary. Yes. Yes. And by temporary, we don't mean a short period of time because everyone always thinks of temporary means it's like a month. It's a finite period of time. And, Temporary just means that the situation that you are in or the thoughts that you are thinking will end. There will be an end to that particular situation. Yes.
0: This too shall pass.
1: This too shall pass. not going to tell you when. Exactly.
0: But it will. And we all know that. We've all been in moments where you thought it would never end. You thought the world was over. First high school boyfriend or girlfriend
1: breakup. Oh, gosh. I mean... Cried for days. Yeah, yeah. Ate ice cream with peanut butter. We I don't was have three gonna... so Oh You gonna... know all about this, don't you? Not yet,
0: but I will. And you know, at that point in time, you can't explain to somebody it's going to be fine. They're not going to listen.
1: Mm-mm. No, they will not. What
0: is it about ice cream that helps them listen?
1: I think there's got to be some sort of endorphin high that comes with the sugar. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But ice cream and peanut butter. Yeah. And peanut butter. Yeah. Ice cream and peanut butter.
0: Do you know- Or Nutella. Okay, here's a squirrel moment, but I feel like I think it's the ice cream
1: moment's pretty much yeah, a squirrel but I feel moment, like this but is important. Going.
0: So I went to the J.H. Ranch with Olivia, my oldest, and I walked by for breakfast one day, and one guy's eating oatmeal, and he had peanut butter on top.
1: Oh, yum.
0: And I thought, oh my gosh, that is brilliant. It is so good.
1: And then you could put like blueberries on top of the peanut butter. No, no, no. Don't
0: complicate it. Oh. Just go with it. Because think about oatmeal sticks to your ribs and then put peanut butter. You just drink water for the rest of the day and you're good.
1: The protein level in that, that's fabulous. So good. I'll have to try that. Yeah. All right. We have another point. Oh, we do. Okay. So this business podcast, you now are getting health and nutrition advice from Carrie Rome. Put peanut butter on your oatmeal. There you go. Just try it. It's an added bonus today. It's a value feature. Practice gratitude for where you are. I think this is tough sometimes when you're stuck in the middle, but I think it's important. Yeah, I
0: think it's got to be a routine. It's got to be a habit. You just have to do it and you have to force yourself to just write it down one per day. What am I grateful for?
1: So I read this great study that talked about the practice of gratitude and they did a study of 300 people and divided them into three groups. In the first group, they were told to write a letter of gratitude to a person, someone that they knew every day, a different person, Mm -hmm. like why they were grateful for that individual. And then the second group was told to write down all of their negative feelings, which I can't even begin to imagine how depressing that would be. And then the third group did nothing. Well, what they found was that The first group that were writing down letters of gratitude is people that they knew, and only like 23% of them even mailed the letter. So it wasn't even Ah, the act of mailing the letter. It was literally writing, getting it down on paper, gratitude. That after four weeks, they were significantly happier, more content, and had better mental health than the other two groups. But they also discovered that it snowballed and that after 12 weeks, it was an even higher level of satisfaction with their lives. And I guess happiness scale mental health would be what it is. But they also then did MRI scans of their brains and they could see differences In their brains from being grateful. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's how much gratitude can be so impactful on your life.
0: That is amazing. The brains can't, what did it tell them? I've been doing the John Lee Dumas. Yeah. I'm on my second hundred days. Good for you. So my brain activity should be good.
1: I'm really not going to say anything right now.
0: From a scan standpoint, <laughs> just from what a scan would say.
1: Mm-hmm. Something. Oh, it would say something. <laughs> That's very true. It would say something.
0: Okay. Okay. So gratitude. I am a firm believer in that. The Me point too. Of it, the journal that I do with John Lee Dumas is that at the beginning of each day, you have to write down something that you're grateful for. And it takes a moment. And what I do is I don't overthink. whatever pops in my head first, boom, that goes. And it's crazy the things that pop in your head. you be like, you know what? I am grateful for that.
1: Since you're on your second hundred-day book, have yes. you found that that's changed over time, and that now that it's become a habit, it's easier to come up with things that you're grateful for, or have your thoughts of gratitude changed over the past hundred some odd days?
0: I think you may be overthinking this. For me, I just <laughs> do it. Am I going to overthink it? Probably. I so. just do it. Because if I think about it too much, then I'll say, "You know, let me come back to it. I just need to get it down. It's more about writing something down and getting it down than it is trying to make it perfect,
1: okay. I mean, I understand that. I just didn't know if you had seen sort of changes in how your brain processes gratitude, or no,
0: but I bet a machine would scan it and say that it is. Oh,
1: yes, we'll you have to. So? We'll have to get you a scan just to see. yeah, we'll start scanning you every hundred days. Well,
0: today, in addition to producer Nick, we have intern Maggie in here with us. Yes, we do. And we, I think we should get Maggie involved in the show. I and think it's a great
1: idea. Come on, Maggie. Come here.
0: Have her give us some insight. Because she's actually a pro. She's done this for years. Right, Maggie?
1: I've done it for a couple of years. It's been a while since I've gotten back
0: into it. All right. So have you ever been stuck in the middle? Definitely. Tell me a time about when you're stuck in the middle. I think probably the college process when I was choosing school was a big time that I was stuck yeah. in the middle because you have all these ideas of what you want to do when you get to school, but then you still have to decide where that place is going to be and how it's really going to affect your life. Yeah. And so at that point where you didn't know what creeps in is indecisiveness. Oh, for and sure. And that is a very unsettling feeling, right? Definitely. I think indecisiveness is the worst place to be. And I have a little bit of heritage in that because my mom cannot make a decision to save her life. Really? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can't make a decision to save her life. So, you know, we're together. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the opposite. And so I'm just deciding and, you know, my mom on down the path.
1: I wonder if this is where your activator strength comes in. If it comes from your environment growing up, that because your mother didn't make decisions so well, you were just like, forget this. I'm always going to make a decision.
0: Maybe so. That's good. You're so good at this. And Maggie, we talked about this before we brought you in here because we knew we'd put you (laughs) on the spot and you would hit it out of the park. And you did. Thank you. That is a perfect example to bring us home, right?
1: Definitely. And, oh, wait, we forgot about being afraid.
0: Oh, yeah. Being afraid. All right. Well.
1: Don't be afraid. There you go.
0: Because. I'm out. That was it. No, it's not. (laughs) All right. So we're talking about, so you start. You're in the middle. It's lonely. You feel stuck. People are running their mouth. And now fear starts to creep in and when fear overwhelms you, that's when the indecisiveness comes and there's nothing to be afraid of because the mistake that you make, I mean, Maggie, if you would have made the wrong choice for college, after the first semester, what could you have done? I mean, transferred. Yes. Right. It's not that that is the only decision that you can ever make. You want to make the best decision, but because you want to make the best decision doesn't mean that you shouldn't make any decision at all. Right. Because that is a decision of itself, right?
1: Yes, please say that again, because that's one of the biggest things to me is when people say, well, I'm not ready to make a decision right now. And then I say, that is a decision. You not making a decision is a decision in and of itself.
0: I think in businesses, that is like the most crippling thing. They need more and more. And you've heard of analysis paralysis. I'm going to analyze this. And now I need this. And now I need this. Now I need this. What you should do, I think, is write down, I need to make this decision, and these are the 10 things that I need to get, to gather, to gain knowledge about in order for me to make this decision. And once I get those 10 things, I am going to make the decision. Because if not, every bit of information that you get will only create a new question for you. And then you'll never make the decision, and you'll never start.
1: Yeah, well, you definitely have to start, so then you can be stuck in the middle.
0: Yeah, but if you never start, you can't be in the middle. And the middle's better than never starting, because...
1: Because the middle is temporary.
0: And also, what's the quote that I wrote down that I was working on today, and it said the... Oh, my gosh. Cannot help you. Yes. The Cannot help worst, you. The worst... I'm going to butch this.
1: Oh, Watch. that Not quote. Butch. Yeah, I have no idea. I saw it, but I don't recall. <laughs> 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 Nick, the producer, is now... Laughing hysterically at us. So it's
0: something to do with like the worst thing would be to look back at the man that you could have been.
1: That was it. That was was really good. That was close enough. It was close. Close enough. That was close.
0: But it's so true, right? Because if you never start, you'll always have that regret. My biggest fear is to look back one day. Maybe that's it. Man, we are unpacking my junk. I mean, for real. Yeah,
1: this is actually turning into some sort of- Do I need to be sitting on a couch? Perhaps. You may need to lay down on the floor or something. But my biggest
0: fear is to look back. And to have regret not doing something, so I'm always just like, let's do it, let's go, let's roll.
1: Which I'm just going to give a heads up about next week's podcast because that is exactly sort of where we're headed next week. So you've got to stay tuned in next week because we're going to talk about making those decisions and sort of moments.
0: Oh yes, that's That's next week. Good one. It's a good one. Listen, if you want encouragement and confidence in building your business, keep listening. If you want to go faster. Shoot us an email to lbeck at cypressresources.com. You will get a quick response because she's Johnny on the spot with email. She loves that. Ding! She loves it. What?
1: I do not. I don't even have the sound on.
0: I know. I just made that up.
1: Yeah, you did. Well, at least I'm the one that reads emails. This is true. That is very true. But
0: we would love to talk to you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Caged Vision podcast. And don't forget to come back next week to hear more ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, just like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business.